How's it going? It's fixing to be a lot better, man. Hey, welcome back to Days and Confused 33 and a third. I'm Jarf, and we are covering track eight of Dazed and Confused. So it's the end of the baseball game and then Mitch's final fate with the seniors. And uh, with me uh, to cover this track is James Anderson, my fellow Scavengers Network podcaster. Welcome, James. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited to talk about this section of the film and this song. And uh, before we get into teasing that apart, Mm -hmm. I wanted to share a little tidbit. There's a point where Mitch asks, sort of to his teammate, sort of to the universe at large, Uh of the seniors who are waiting to paddle him, how did they all even know I was going to be here? (laughs) And the answer is in a deleted scene. Long story short, some of his classmates that were with him at the scene in the beginning of the movie where the seniors stand outside the school and say hey especially you mitch kramer we're coming from you (laughs) right so they get cornered by some seniors and say hey i know if we tell you where you can find mitch kramer tonight will you let us go and so they do sell him out and the pathetic thing is they end up getting paddled anyway because they didn't read the fine print of the deal (laughs) exactly (laughs) but but that is the answer to the question mitch poses and that (laughs) moment that i wanted to highlight but i wondered is there a moment in this scene that spoke to you and why or why not yeah there's two sort of things going on uh in in the scene we have we have mitch's journey leaving and pink's journey arriving and uh i like both the shot and the part with mitch walking out to the outfield and to the gate back there something about that really really resonates with me and in sort of a similar uh sort of like frequency when pink is coming down like the ramp like arriving at the stadium something about that i don't i can't even describe it's it's such a general (laughs) it sounds like i'm making something up but like pink is just sort of weaving his way through the the crowd and coming down this ramp and it really i don't know something about that and feeling like i always pictured it was friday night have we established what day of the week it is i don't remember that but you called out that pink is weaving through the crowd. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from the oral history of Dazed and Confused is Jason yeah. London said, this scene where the older guy pulls him aside and is like, hey, like, are you going to uh-huh. win? And like, you got a great team. And he's kind of like, whoa, that's a lot, man. Yeah. He said that that scene is the first time he really smoked up for real before scenes and <laughs> when he was in it is like okay this is pretty intense i love that old couple so much that like i love I, so i love i love mitch leaving all by himself and and pink wandering among the crowd and sort of meeting these like the like towny football fans and stuff i love but that old couple where he where the wife says nothing because it's the 70s and she's probably 70 herself and so she has a certain generational whatever and then the, i assume their husband and wife the, and the husband's like you, you 
is this arm ready to throw about 2,000 yards this year? I'm just like, from Pink's perspective, it's like, I know you're enthusiastic and I want to be polite. So I'm just going to say, ah, <laughs> I gotta go. And it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Because they're not mean. They're not scary. They're not, they're just like casual fans i thought you i was sure you were going to be like those were jeremy london's grandparents or something i was sure that was what the the oral history was (laughs) going to have said because like it's so i can't imagine those people like auditioning you know like i we need you know you to talk to this guy i mean and maybe they did maybe they were just sort of extras casting or or something but like i don't know i i always i never including when I was talking to you just now, having watched the clip before, each time that old couple is walking with him, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I love these these two. Yeah, and same. <laughs> every time. Yeah. I, I always forget about them and always say the same thing because <laughs> they're so they're there and gone. I mean, it's this one thing and then we don't see him again. And I just I just think they're a great sort of uh, atmosphere enhancer, a couple of characters. And what is it about? about Mitch's lonely walk across the outfield that speaks to you? I mean, if we're going to get really into it, he's part of a team, and that entire team has abandoned him. And so he is leaving. There's sort of a... um, He was the pitcher, which is sort of like the, the leader of the team. And then he's walking out to the outfield, which is like that stereotypical, like you can't play ball, so you, we'll put you out in the outfield or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like he's he's gone from like captain to um, a diminishing level of importance or power or uh, or control or even like hierarchy or whatever. There's sort of a resigned sort of dead man walking thing going on too. All these like you know all the celebration is happening directly opposite the direction that he's that he's heading the wolves cuz one of my things is when the when the last pitch is thrown and he strikes the guy out the look on all four faces of the seniors goes from yeah mitch blah blah, blah to shunk like wolf like they are ready and actually melvin <laughs> melvin on the end I don't know if the actor was not paying attention or what, but he looks over at them. And he's like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and that, <laughs> that, like, that cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like when I had an older dog and then we got a new puppy and yeah. the older dog would start barking and then the younger dog would look at the older dog and it's like, oh, right. Yes, right. Woof, 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 woof. What he said. Exactly, exactly. But I, I love the... And then, like... I don't know, something about there's a formality to the tradition or ritual or whatever you want to call it that like they open the gate for him and kind of like a, you know, after you sort of monsieur sort of deal. All of this stuff, it fits in with this rite of passage that like, I don't agree with this as a tradition or anything. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's horrible and violent. I'm not I'm not into that but you can see that that versus O'Banion's whole thing just his whole presence of not getting we've done the thing now let's do the thing where he wants to do the hazing but not the post hazing camaraderie like now you're a part of us or whatever Oh yeah he gets all bent out of shape that Mitch <sighs> yeah. is hanging with them later Yeah yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And like, I think an O'Banion movie 
or even O'Banion side plot would be, I don't know, no one would like it, I, I feel like. But I think you could do, I think there's a, a story there. If there was like a Tales from the Whatever High School and O'Banion gets a story in there, there's a, there's a, that's a dark story because he's dealing with some violence somewhere in his life. But it has no play. Like, Mitch didn't do it to him. Like, I, I'm sorry. I get, if that was Carl, I would get it. I, I, I know, I don't condone violence, but I sure don't like Carl. <laughs> like, <laughs> I almost get O'Banion being like, I got it. I got to hit him again. I, I don't condone anything. I just, Carl is just. I was fr- I, I I was friends with so many Carls in middle school. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> where it's like we're friends and we've been friends for a while, and you've figured out that if you have a certain attitude and have a certain like kind of like an American Pie, where to the next here's to the next step sort of deal, you will feel older and therefore feel like you have some power or something. But you're coming off as a tool right now, man. Like, so many middle school friends had that vibe going for them, and it was it was not cool. And it's why, I mean, it's frankly why once I realized I could be friends with girls, and they were like, cool, yeah, this is fine. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is a complete paradigm shift. Just, you know, ab- I didn't abandon. I just sort of was like, listen, fellas, we have no friends. Oh, you're not even paying attention to me? Okay, cool, well, I'm going to be over here. Like, it, it was such, I... I they got. I mean, Carl, the actor, the actor who plays Carl is great because he's so. Dis- I mean, he's so despicable. And O'Banion, Ben Affleck is doing a great job too of being horrible, <laughs> just awful. And they're doing a great job, so it's hard to separate sometimes. But like, man, I just they're I I I just don't like them at all. Ugh. They're very good at making you not like them. So good. So I mean, like, I mean, Benny is drunk, like. For sh- like, I've never heard a better like slurred voice than Benny yelling to Mitch at the at the game. I'm like, man, that's a good drunk yell you got going on there, friend. Anyways, layers. This this movie has lots and lots of layers. <laughs> layers, and I definitely agree with your larger point. The whole dead man walking vibe mm-hmm. to yeah. like walking across the outfield and yeah. the rest of the team going one way and. And he is just a kid on his own. The only quibble that I have with what you said is Uh the idea of the pitcher being the leader Mm -hmm. of the team. In my opinion, the catcher is the leader of the team. Absolutely. But but that's just from a baseball standpoint. (laughs) Right. Yeah. uh, I see what you mean. He's the the most visible one. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe, maybe not the captain, but the star. Yes. Maybe that's, maybe that's more, more accurate. Um, right, because Dottie was the leader, and right, we, we don't need to get into that. That's a whole other <laughs> favorite movie. Um, yeah, no, I agree. The catcher is the one that sees the whole field and does all the stuff. But the per, like, you know, I can name a bunch of pitchers and like Mike Piazza, and and I'm I'm pretty much out unless I rack my brain a little bit. So like, yeah, just sort of star quality, I guess. But this movie is also, I think, a lot about that thing. I don't know if you ever thought about this when you were... I mean, it doesn't ever stop, really. It's like you get to the top of elementary school, and then you're at the bottom of middle school, and top of middle school, bottom of high school, top of high school, well, you're not an adult yet, 
all you know and over and over and over well you're now you're the best in your department but you're not a department head yet all of this stuff i think this movie has a lot to do with like know your place and know that you can sort of move a little bit in between up or down but like you're i guess it's sort of like there's always someone cooler than you but you can sometimes fake it or tap into sort of a potential cool that you haven't quite achieved yet but people can see your potential and stuff yeah yeah i see that (laughs) another movie of link later's that takes that idea to another level Mm. is everybody wants some okay i don't know if you're familiar with that one this is my familiarity every time it's brought up i'm like gah i haven't seen that yet and like it's way past where it's like oh well you'll get to it and it's more like well dude see track it down and see it I forgot it was a Linklater movie. That actually recommends it even more now. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta watch that. That that it looked so good, and I looked so in sort of the same folder as Days and Confused, but I never ended up watching it. And I need to correct that. Yeah, they call it a spiritual sequel mm-hmm. to Dazed and Confused. Sure, it is not as good. But to your point, it is about college baseball players. Mm. And the lead is a freshman who is just getting integrated into the the social group of the ballplayers. And they have the same kind of hazing BS. Yeah. But he's coming to it with the perspective of someone who is just a senior in high school, was probably one of the coolest kids in his high school, like a star baseball player. So he... He doesn't accept it in the same way that the high school freshmen in Days right. and Confused do. He he keeps calling them out on it. And he's like, right. why is there this constant level of fuckwithery? So it's kind of funny to see that sort of change. Well, it's, it's like Days and Confused. Like, he's the hottest guy in high school. Well, we're not in high school anymore. So it's like, that means nothing. Like, it's it's so funny that you spend all this time getting clout and getting renown or whatever, and then it gets canceled out. I mean, like, it doesn't entirely, but, like, there's a point where you're like, I'm the coolest guy in my high school. Oh, now I'm I'm back down at the bottom. But as you said, like, each time you come, you make that transition with a little bit more of, okay, I know how to maybe make this transition a little bit smoother, maybe. Yeah. But maybe also the relative age difference between seniors in high school and freshmen in high school and seniors in college and freshmen in college is like it's the same number of years probably about, but relatively less because of your older, you know, four years means less when you're older kind of. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a great So maybe you're closer in age, so it's it's harder to be like, you know, you don't have like a voice change maybe thing going on and like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Man, I gotta watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do like a bonus app. Yeah. On it. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get into the music. Yeah. And yes, yes, yes. The, the song that kicks in about midway through this episode mm-hmm. or, or through this track and what we're covering in this episode and really plays in the background through the paddling. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. How do you feel the song chosen for this scene enhances or detracts from the story? Well, 
It sort of gives me a Pearl Jam Jeremy sort of deal, where it sort of feels like an origin. Like, the song's about revenge or sort of not taking shit from people or whatever. So he is literally getting, you know, he's taking whatever they're going to give him in terms of beating the crap out of him. So, like, it's not that, but if you look at it as, like, Alice Cooper is Mitch grown up and singing about this sort of formative time, almost like a sort of like a Pink Floyd, like uh, another brick in the wall part one, sort of Mm. like this is sort of the thing that formed me and stuff. Kind of like I look at it as instead of being like, well, the song is about something that isn't happening right now. I look at it more as like looking back. Now, I don't believe that Mitch is going to grow up and be a jerk. Like, I don't think that I think... Mitch could be instrumental in shutting down this tra- tradition or at least sort of making it sort of like, you know, the Woodersons and O'Banions of the of the community are like, oh, come on. And like everyone else is like, this is ridiculous. So let's not do this anymore or whatever. But if Mitch turned into sort of a villain or to have a, a mean streak to him or whatever, and we cut back to this memory... This song feels incredibly appropriate. While I was talking, though, I realized that it could be from the perspective of the seniors, (laughs) who have been, I guess nice isn't the right word, but like cordial-ish, you know, aside from O'Banion who can't stop being a jerk. But like, you know, they kind of were like after you and like, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh, but now maybe no more Mr. Nice Guy, kind of like we're going to beat you up a little bit. I don't know. Or to pull the thread of what you were saying initially, they could be replaying the time that they got whooped Mm -hmm. as freshmen themselves. And it's like, all right, now it's come full circle. For sure. That's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, that's actually really interesting that it's, it's a full circle thing, too. It's both. It's the origin story of them. Yep, that's... Yep. There we go. We nailed it. it. Yep. All right, all right, all right. So... You, so you gave a little snippet of high school James mm, talking about yeah. the when the light bulb goes over your head. I can be friends with girls, and suddenly everything changes. So <laughs> sure did. <laughs> to staying with that idea of high school James, yeah, if yeah. they made a movie about your high school days, what would play on the soundtrack in your version of this scene? doesn't have to be the paddling. It could be right. another part of the... I had a hard time with this question because it's a fantastic question. And I struggled with this. This is the one that I was like, this is, this is, the, this is your game. This is what you've come to play, James. This is the one. So <laughs> I, was, I, I was like, all right, we're not doing... I'm not, I'm not allowing myself to not have it be a, a different scene emotionally. Events-wise, fine. But like... Emotionally, there needs to be sort of a dread and sort of an inevitability sort of thing going on. And I was I was having a, t- a hard time because, like, I certainly wasn't the, yeah, we're going to get him sort of person. I also wasn't really the, yeah, oh no, I'm going to be gotten sort of person either. Like, I'm a tall guy and I have been for a long time. People didn't really ever pick on me in sort of a way where I was worried about physical harm which is a privilege that I very much enjoy because I don't like uh, being hurt (laughs) so I wanted to sort of get sort of a tonal same thing I don't know if I would have been I tried I was like all right so then what we have to do is have it be like James is both 
the oppressor and oppressy. Just sort of like it's me with both faces, and sort with sort of like what we just talked about, where it's like they're just the older version of him. So I picked a couple of songs, and I, I I did play through a bunch of these to try and get the the tone right in the movie. Some runners up, we had uh, Marilyn Manson's "Beautiful People" or Limp Bizkit's cover of "Faith," which would have been era appropriate. And I was looking for songs that had sort of chill-ish intros into sort of a hard rocking, the vocal comes in and the music sort of kicks in sort of deal. So those were fine, but the song that I eventually uh, ended up picking, uh, which would have been something that I would have listened to in high school, so it could have been playing on like my stereo, whereas those other two were ones that I was sort of like, mm, it feels like that'd be both of those would be too scary for me to actually... Uh, I explored Limp Bizkit a little bit on Napster, but that's just... If I'm just a 90s character on a TV show, that's a sentence that I would say. Um, but So the song that I picked was from Green Day's second big studio album, Insomniac. It's called Panic Song, and it starts off with this really, really intense, like, bass solo. Sort of like... Like, for, like, a good a good portion of the song. So as I'm walking out from the baseball field or whatever... It can start, and we can have all of the sort of table setting of, you know, after you and all this stuff until it cuts into the whatever it is that is going to, you know, the inevitable hazing of whatever sort it is that I'm going to be experiencing. I mean, Frank, actually... Thinking about it, I didn't really interact very much with the seniors at my high school, like, ever. Like, there wasn't really a, oh, you're rising ninth graders, so we're going to X, Y, or Z. It was like I knew one guy who was a senior, and he was sort of the, the star of our drama department. He and I never really talked. I hear he was cool, and that's pretty much it. So I think one of the things is I actually, Mitch is having much more interaction with people that are older than him, so maybe that's something that I'm... I didn't have, so I didn't really have any of this. But uh, my answer, long story short, is uh, Green Day's Panic Song. Nice. And I like the way you approached it. And fun tidbit, that is the second time Green Day has been chosen already. Really? Uh, so, But, I mean, we're talking high school, so I think that's cool. Yeah. And I can kind of see the scene that you're painting yeah. with that song. And I especially appreciate having the slow ominous buildup. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's an entrancing sort of thing where it's like you stop hearing sort of the individual like things and it just becomes sort of like a vibration. It's it's really it's a it's a, a sort of a a deep cut that's really really good. So this is my favorite question to ask folks because there's so many iconic characters in this movie and they don't always fall into a lot of the tropes of high school movies so right. there's there's more to relate to because even smaller characters have this natural texture right absolutely so when you look at dazed and confused what is the character that's the most or least like who you were growing up okay so as you will surely know, and as listeners will increasingly know, the more they've heard of me, heard from me, there's not a simple answer for this. So let's do the easier one first. O'Banion and Clint and Darla and Carl and the football coaches. I'm like, 
they are the opposite. I don't want to call them the enemy. And that's all I'm going to say about that. They, like, they, they were, like, the exact kind of people that I would avoid in school. Like, aggressive adults that are making up for some sort of thing. Aggr- aggressive teen mans that were trying to make up for something. And then, like, I don't know. I, I made friends with people that other friends of mine were like, they are so mean. Like, girls that were, like, mean girls-ish. Because I was just sort of like, I made friends with everyone, but I was sort of like, they're nice to me, to my face, so it doesn't really matter. Which is a pretty privileged thing to say, too. But, like, Darla's sort of at the bottom of sort of like, maybe I could have finagled some sort of friendship with her. But I don't identify with her. So, when it comes to what I, my druthers for who I like to carry myself as, and sort of when I pictured myself in high school, when I was in high school, I sort of... Like, some sort of combination of, like, Mitch and Slater and Pink and even Don a little bit. Where it's, like, cool, easygoing, kind of a protective brother sort of deal. Kind of fun, kind of odd, whatever. However, (laughs) I'm not sure that that's actually who I was. I think I'm probably more, like, uh, possibly Tommy, Mitch's cooler friend. The cooler than Carl. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then Tony and Mike, I really am like, yeah, that's me and my friends right there. So my answer officially is maybe Cynthia. There we go. Okay. I think that Cynthia is the kind of like hangs with the sort of like, oh, but you know, I had a dream about such and such. And let's talk. What does that mean? Symbolically, all this stuff. Like, and I can hang with that, and I can also hang with the sort of, let's get Aerosmith tickets and stuff. And I think that she's sort of a good sort of go-between between all of those groups. Oh, I like that. A lot of people have chosen Pink for similar mm-hmm. reasons, yeah. because he slides naturally between the different groups. And I've never thought about the way Cynthia does the same thing. It's like, yeah, like, yeah I've got my ride-or-die poker club yeah outcast friends yeah or my waiting for the godot uh auditioners over here (laughs) 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 but i also i'm interested in talking to this guy who's hitting on me and exactly uh, oh there's a party well we're gonna go right so i i like her vibe too exactly well follow-up question to spring on you because i'm interested in this friends with the mean girls aspect And so if we take two, we've already ruled the queen bee, Darla, out. Right. She's in the same bucket as O'Banion as, Mm -hmm. okay, she does the hazing, but it's because she's actually a sociopath. Right. I love Parker Posey. She is bringing all that great Parker Posey energy to make that happen. But you don't really want to hang out with her because scary. So two of the others that are instrumental in the hazing scene yeah so there's simone that's joey Mm -hmm. lauren adams sure and there is jody michelle burke thomas mitch's older sister right so between the two of them which could you have seen high school friends high school james being friends with oh jody 100 i'm gonna say 104 (laughs) percent like listen both is the answer but like I mean, my best friend Erin is in the 70s. She would have been a very Jody-ish. Like, 
don't know. Yeah, a very like Jody is the exact kind of friend that I like to make. Like not even not even a question about it. I would also make friends with the Simones and I would fire some shots alongside the Darla and sometimes sometimes like there was this girl in high school that I was like she's the meanest. She's very pretty, but she is the meanest person. And then I said like three words to her and she's like, "Oh yeah." And I'm like, "Oh my god, she's the nicest." <laughs> like and she and she, like remained that way. I wrote it I wrote an I wrote an essay in a class that she was in <laughs> that I read out loud cuz I was like, "This is ridiculous that I went so long and she's so cool." Like everyone in that group, the 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 girls in the bathroom doing the the Gilligan stuff, everyone, I'm like, "I want to be friends with all of them." The teacher Everyone, the Mr. Striker, I would, I would, <laughs> so many shots at trying to befriend him, like I would be like, ugh, I, that was just like, high school was such a burden because of the work that got in the way of my making friends with people. Right. <laughs> Kay is the one that is deconstructing. Yeah, Gilligan's Island through a feminist yes. lens. She is very Love cool. That. It's a shame that yep. she has, doesn't have a bigger part in this movie. So. I would make friends with everyone that would let me make friends with them. And that's why I like Slater so much. Cause it's like, you know, yeah, I will check you later, Slater. I will check you later. <laughs> well, well, why don't we wrap it up there and yeah. I will give you a little bit of space on the podcast to yeah. plug what you're doing. Sure. So much. Thank you for having me, by the way. I just I just wanted to say that again. I, watching this movie, I used to bug my friend Amber so much. Every time we'd have, a sleep, we'd have sleepovers that were co-ed, and I don't really recall how or why that happened, but it did. And every time I'd be like, can we watch Days and Confused? And she was like, for the last time, no. I watch that all the time. I'm sick of it. Let's watch anything else. And I was like, one day I'll get it on my own. <laughs> and I didn't until, like, you know, I was married. So, like, that's just how I operate. Um, So... I have several podcasts uh, that might be of interest. My friend Aaron and I have a series of podcasts that we're doing in the sort of uh, movies by minutes vein of things. We've done Newsies and the Britney Spears movie Crossroads and Can't Hardly Wait. We are recording She's All That Minute now. We're doing the recording for that now. It's interesting because it's the first movie we watched where we're like, I don't remember this. And I remember it being better than it is, mm. but... We've had some interesting discussions about like what we were expecting and what is what is going on with us that it's like this isn't grabbing me like Can't Hardly Wait did. It's hard to follow anything up from Can't Hardly Wait in this uh, milieu. But anyways, I also do a um, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast called Timeline Scavengers, which is also oh these are all on the Scavengers Network. The episode the show is called Timeline Scavengers. Uh, my friend Colin and I do we're going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and television related television shows whether they have been sort of decanonized by whoever or not we're doing them scene by scene in historical order so for example four two starts off at the beginning of time it's like in the beginning it was darkness then there were the dark elves so that was our first episode then there's a meteor that hits earth and that's the first couple seconds of black panther and it's and so forth and so on so but uh that is timeline scavengers and it's quite a bit of fun nice well I I've checked out that podcast. I think it's a fascinating concept and it's a it's a really fun fresh way to look at the MCU and the MCU television. And 
definitely recommend James and Aaron movies. I have really enjoyed following along uh, (laughs) some movies like Crossroads that I probably otherwise would not have paid attention to. So Aaron is Aaron should uh, get paid by the studio. Like MTV films should give Aaron a check for how much she, she has promoted the movie Crossroads. (laughs) Yes. She has done a very good job of being like, but what about Crossroads though? And uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you hear that MTV? <laughs> exactly. Your defunct film studio is my friend a check. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. This has Absolutely. been a lot of fun. Hey, check you later. <laughs> Not to worry, there's a new fiesta in the making. Join us at the Moon Tower, our Facebook listeners group. Until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear and tell you about the comedy podcast Unnatural 20s. Do we really want to limit ourselves to just saying we're only a comedy podcast? You're right. We have a lot to offer, like intellectual conversations. Well, did you guys know Australia once lost a war entirely to emus? Do you think emus frown upside down because they're in Australia? Like they're below the equator? Yeah, duh. Health and fitness. Pasta is great, but you usually have a lot of extras, but have no fear. Thigh warm pasta is here. Plop the bag of leftover pasta on your thighs and eat those puppies like popcorn. We have microwaves. I have thighs. You know what? Actually, we can never decide what we're going to talk about, and that's why we leave the fate of each episode up to the rolls of a D20. So download Unnatural 20s on your favorite podcast app and roll with us every Monday. 